0: Hello everyone and welcome to this episode the well-being one of the women talking about learning podcast firstly we want to say thank you to all of our new listeners and subscribers we've now reached 5000 downloads for the podcast which is just amazing we started this with the hope we would get 500 listens so to have achieved 10 times that is just incredible and we are so thankful the reasons To have those listens is uh, many, uh, but the key one is that we just get smart and brilliant guests, and this week's are no exception. Our first guest is Helen Hill. Helen is a self-employed digital learning and content designer at Unlikely Genius Limited. Unlikely Genius is based on the principles of ensuring the user comes first, communicating in plain language, and making content available to all, living by the mantra, The content you make is not for you. Helen's first self-help business book, Falling Off the Ladder, will be out in October 2021. Our second guest is Martine Bolton. Martine is a trainer, coach, consultant and also an author. Her book is Your Thinking is Your Superpower. Her business, Sunshine Corporate and Personal Development, provides transformational thinking skills, well-being and personal effectiveness training and coaching to businesses and organisations looking to become more agile, resilient and future fit. This was recorded in mid-July this year, when the UK was under a heatwave and about to be let out of lockdown. This is an essential listen. It's 40 minutes and 40 minutes of your time really well spent. This is Women Talking About Learning. This is Helen and Martine talking about well-being
1: hi Martine how are you doing today hi Helen Um, amazing what a gorgeous day we've got out there today <laughs> isn't it just it's lovely and in lovely. terms of well-being Absolutely. I
2: think d- definitely one of the kind of things that
1: makes your spirit soar and helps you to feel good ah uh, doesn't it just and holiday tomorrow for me so that's really picking up my well-being this week Ooh, <laughs> <So it's> Lovely, <laughs> actually getting a holiday with sun which is marvelous so amazing yes amazing. definitely yeah so uh, well let's t- to get started let's have a chat about uh, what's your private uh, private prior experience with well-being then where well-being. does that come in for you um i think i've just always had an
2: interest i grew up with a mum who was a nurse so there was so yeah. kind of the whole thing with kind of bodies and physical health was a thing in our house but um but i've been working in training and development for uh, around about 20 years now and in you know one of those roles um some of the training we did was around well-being so well-being awareness uh, courses for staff and also managing well-being courses for managers who were really kind of having to um you know support and manage and 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 kind of help people to flourish through sometimes really difficult times so mm. I think, particularly over the last seven years or so, where lots of different organisations have been undergoing transformation, um, you know, it's been a big thing, hasn't it? So, Oh,
1: definitely. Yeah, especially this last 18 months. I mean, it's been fantastic to see the recognition, I think, um, of of businesses now realising that You know, they really do need to look after their staff's well-being, and now do it from a distance as well. Yeah. Uh, So that, yeah, I think that's been a big change. Oh, it's
2: been amazing, hasn't it? And and not just Mm. kind of physical health. So I remember, you know, maybe ten years ago, doing well-being courses, and a lot of it was around the, um, the kind of the physical well-being, the body stuff, but to see organisations now really kind of, um, you know, being conscious of and putting in place, um. You know, strategies and activities that support people around mental and emotional well being, too, has just been really heartening. <laughs> and I think, yeah. given, given the last 18 months as well, I think it has been an added challenge for people. So, I mean, yeah. I trained in hypnotherapy and NLP probably about 15 or more years ago now. So, that kind of he- health in terms of the well being of the mind and the power of the mind has always been a big thing. Um, for me. So I think that's why Mm. I'm just really heartened that the rest
1: of the world seems to be cottoning on to the fact that, you know, when our minds are happy, our bodies follow suit. Um, Yeah. And I think that was a big thing you said to me yesterday that hit home, actually, when you made a comment when we were having a chat about we are not just our bodies. And that's uh, been a key driver for me, I think, in my personal journey, which has led to my interest in wellbeing and learning um because you know well-being is a huge topic for me with I have two acute illnesses plus a whole myriad of smaller ones as well um so you know my personal well-being journey has been a roller coaster but that's where my passion for now creating learning and and considering other people's well-beings has really come into what I do I suppose um and like I said that's why you know it's been heartening to see see the last year and hopefully now build some more connections with businesses that are doing this well and, and see, you know, what the best practice is. Um, Definitely.
2: Yeah. Yeah, uh, so to all appearances, we are just these bodies, aren't we, floating around yes. in time and space? <laughs> but actually, <laughs> there's yeah. um, I always say that we are multidimensional beings and that, you know, the whole thing with, um, you know, our physical bodies, our our minds, our mental health, our emotional health as well, kind of the energy and everything and our spirit as well essentially the essence of what animates us, you know, I believe and certainly many others do is that we are spirit and these bodies, it's just like physical matter that is our kind of vehicle for um, connecting with, communicating with other people, uh, other spirits (laughs) (laughs) and getting getting stuff done on our planet, you know, building and making and um, creating things. So well, it's all connected,
1: isn't it? I mean, I your, your physical cool. health impacts your emotional and vice versa. And that that's definitely a cycle that I, I personally recognise of it's very difficult to then get out of as well. And all these emotions and and the mental health are also things that people bring to the learning and the training they do. So, you know, considering where people are coming from and that journey they're on is is a huge thing so it's not just about creating learning opportunities to do with well-being is it it's whatever the topic is you know considering where people are in their journey and how they feel when they come to learning and training
2: yeah. experiences and that idea that we are not just you know we're not just people we're not just the roles that we play but no. we are you know, we are these multi-dimensional beings. I'm going to say it again. And if <laughs> four aspects, and I, I mean I say four, there are probably other dimensions as well, but mental, physical, emotional, spiritual. If we are not looking after ourselves and looking up for other people in respect of all four areas, it's a bit like I sometimes use the analogy of a table with four legs. And mm. you know, if you've got a wobbly leg, you know, if you're not paying enough attention to you know uh, how people are feeling or how they're thinking or um, you know how they're being managed you know the culture that they're in (laughs) the atmosphere the environment the spirit of your organization then you know you're not going to get the best out of people and you know this is not for necessarily just for the sake of you know having a load of happy people but we know don't we that when people you know think well when it makes them feel well and when they feel well they do well and when they do
1: well the organisation gets great results. Yeah. So, I think yeah. it's about respect and things as well isn't it and making sure that particularly with things like the mental health that you're not just paying lip service and service and doing that one event a year or you know doing a Macmillan coffee morning but the rest of the time yeah you you're not considering the full impact of what the culture of your business is or um and it, like I say there's companies that are doing it fantastically, there's others that are trying but maybe not quite getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely a shift now of people, employees, being more aware of it and looking for companies that are doing it well. I think, um, certainly as freelancers, I've noticed that as well. Yeah,
2: I you, you hear a lot these days about the mental health first aid, don't you? And you yes. know, don't get me wrong, I think it's a fantastic thing, and the awareness that it's. Putting out there about sort of mental health is amazing, but I don't really see that as a prevention strategy. You know, having people in the business who recognize when people are struggling and kind of go in with first aid, you know, that that, that's amazing. But you know, do that. You know, there's nothing wrong with doing that. But also make sure that all of the things that you are that are controllable in your organization that affects how people feel, that all of those things, as far as you can manage them are not um causing distress or stress or causing yeah. you know just dysfunction and um discomfort for people
1: yeah it's, well it's it comes down to the proactive versus reactive thing isn't it we need to be more proactive to prevent these well-being issues bef- instead of it occurring and then saying right what can we do for you and and that's the culture shift that maybe needs to take place in in a lot of industries and a lot of businesses and i think times are changing and i think we we're still we're still catching up with it i think sure <laughs> at the moment. i but, love that
2: old saying an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure and i think you know with everything not just with organizations but within our healthcare systems and everything yes. um you oh. know if we some budget on prevention rather than just firefighting and just chucking loads of money you know once things have gone wrong um is obviously the more um kind of sensible way of going about things (laughs) the more intelligent way
1: yeah yeah and i suppose it you know you need to have those dedicated people to be able to to put these strategies in place and to have the knowledge of how to do it don't you but you don't from, out yeah. there
2: as well now, yeah. me, Helen. I think in terms of organisations who are looking to improve their well-being offer, um, there's so much research out like there, white papers, you know, where people can go and they can access amazing information that's going to enable them to transform not just the businesses and the organisations, but the quality of experience of the people that you know that work in those places. Um, and it's all there for us. How amazing is that? We don't have to, you know, we don't have to, you know, go on field trips to lots of different organizations who are doing well. You know, we don't have to go to libraries anymore. The information is out there and there's no excuse now. And, you know, a lot of it doesn't cost money either. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm sure a lot of companies put a lot of money into well-being and it's amazing that they do. Um, but getting the basics right, making sure that people are well supported and well managed, <laughs> um, you know, this stuff yeah. doesn't cost really a lot of money, if anything. It's
1: interesting you say they don't have to go to libraries, though. That is my well-being. <laughs> libraries and bookshops. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, fair enough. You know, there's nothing yeah. nicer than a physical
1: book is there. just stroking the covers it. and, <laughs> yeah. yeah, immersing yourself in books. That is one of my key things I do, that and crafts. Mm-hmm. And stroking my rabbits, of course. Um, but I think
2: yeah. it's a brain break, doesn't it? All of this stuff, <laughs> yes. whether it's you stroking your pets or reading a book or doing something creative, it takes us out of that thinking mind, which actually many of us are compulsive thinkers, I think. And actually, in terms of our well-being, <laughs> we need to have breaks from that
1: yeah yeah and finding what works for you within your your bounds. because I mean one thing that I struggle with like with well-being is the fact that people say like get outdoors and exercise and and you know and those things are fantastic and I do love the outdoors although you know it's usually raining around here in West Yorkshire um but because of one of my health issues I'm generally in a lot of pain so I have to find other ways often because I'm not allowed to do that exercise I've been banned from my physio and for once I've actually started listening it's took four years but I'm listening now (laughs) and yeah yeah so it's finding those strategies of right I can't do those things that I want to do because normally I would throw myself into a kickboxing class or something like that just to you know get stress relief out so now you know I've had to learn new ways to help my well-being Mm -hmm. and yeah I think people can struggle with that they can think but I have to do it this way because we're told to do exercise however many times a week and X Y Z, and sometimes that actually isn't good for, for you to do it that way. So yeah. you know I have to learn to do it in little walks rather than yes. going out on a big mission. Um, and it's
2: amazing, isn't it? You don't have to slog your guts out in a gym, or you don't. No, no, you know it doesn't have to be high impact intensity training. Uh, a walk no. or a swim or whatever, whatever you love, mm. and that doesn't cause you too much pain. Um, there's definitely something for everybody. I think we kind of have some hang-ups from school where you were kind of bullied into <laughs> certain types of physical training that just always felt a bit yeah. punitive and like, you know, well, like you were being punished. <laughs> Get yeah, down and give me 20 and run three laps around. Oh, and,
1: you know. That was actually how I really injured my hip the first time, getting down and giving me 20. And as I got back up, my hip went. <laughs> oh my <laughs> and I was God. only 40.
2: Oh, no. Um, oh, that's awful. Yeah. <laughs> sorry to hear that like school's got a <laughs> lot to answer for hasn't it <laughs> well
1: yeah that and the intensive uh, athletics training I was doing as a youngster I did every sport going but yeah I was a competitive athlete which was a big thing oh. but yeah there's there's a real expectation on women as well isn't there that particularly I notice it at this time of year and it's something that can make me quite angry actually but this whole bikini body culture and the pressure to right the summer's here have you got your summer body on but, yeah. I love what I saw someone say the other day about I have a body therefore I have a bikini body it doesn't matter what size it is and I was like I love that especially as you know a slightly larger woman who you know my weight fluctuates like crazy um but I, I thought that was brilliant just to say I have a body and that it's there for if it can wear a bikini it is a bikini body it doesn't matter what size and I'm seeing it again, especially because, you know, regulations are going to ease next week with the pandemic and suddenly people are going, oh, I've booked a last minute holiday. How do I lose three stone in a week? And you're just like, no, <laughs> no, just, that is not good for you. No. But it's an incredible pressure, I think, on women. It's a total year. I think yeah. you're
2: right. And the shiny world of Instagram and Facebook and you know, <sighs> all, all of our media and the images that we see everywhere it's like the 1% of humans that look amazing, isn't it? And, and probably they have to punish themselves to to look like that. So, you know, there's deprivation or a lot of punishing training that goes, that probably goes in. Some people might be just naturally that way. And, you know, that's amazing for them. But for most humans, you've got to work at that. And it's a bit self-obsessed, isn't it? And you can, it can overtake your life. And, and actually it's not you know, it's not real for most people and no. just being healthy and enjoying your life and enjoying your food. And it's easy <laughs> enough to say, isn't it? Because we often we yeah. see these images and it can make us, if our self-esteem is in any way shaky, and I think, gosh, this is probably most of us. <laughs> yeah. then we could look at that and yeah. kind of there and then feel ashamed to put a bikini yeah. on and go on the beach, which is just
1: absolute nonsense. So I, I do think you say that it- it does apply to everything and and this is something that I've had a bit of debate with someone about this this week because they commented that they don't like the word authenticity because it's becoming a bit of a buzzword but actually I quite often talk about that and I do think that we should all be authentic and you know show the real side and the whole culture of comparisonitis that we've got now is so painful for well-being Hmm. And it's a reason why I share things about my business. I share the highs, but I share the lows and I share the struggles. And, you know, I've put a post out this week about the fact that we've just lost my grandma and the amount of people that have gone like, oh gosh, I'm feeling this too. And it's it's so much better for us as a community of freelancers and things that we've, we're we not just looking at people thinking, oh my God, they're crushing it. They've got this award, they've done this, they've done that. They're getting on all the podcasts and webinars. and." it's so easy to look at people like that. And then, and, and I've been thinking that about someone that's become a friend of mine, that's a fellow freelancer, but recently I spoke to her and actually she was having a heck of a moment of crisis and someone had made an awful comment to her and it had really brought her down. And to see that other side from what you saw on LinkedIn and things, it was, there was such a huge disparity. And it made me really think like, it's incredible what we're perceiving of other people Um, and and comparing ourselves to so I try to be really open about that and hope that I can at least make someone feel better when, on, on a day where I'm like what am I doing <laughs> wow.
2: this is really good it's making me think it's making me think because I do know that um, you know not every day is sunshine and roses is it or sunshine and daffodils and but most of what people post most of what I post on my social media is positive it's highlights yeah. you know I'm not one of these people that goes on and just says if i'm having a like a crap day <laughs> and no. i think well, well actually maybe because i just think nobody really cares nobody really wants to know do they but they really I mean, they do don't really want they, they really probably, do i'm going to say they probably don't really want to see your highlights really do they? <laughs> it's like sometimes yeah true <laughs> you know the person that's <laughs> no, always I- there with their selfies there and you know everything's wonderful occasionally if you're not in kind of the best frame of mind you can just think oh go away when you're scrolling shut up about your nice holiday
1: (laughs) whatever it is so I find the posts where I talk about a wobble are the ones that get the most engagement because everybody can relate to it because it's Uh, whereas some of the highlights actually are harder to relate to but Yeah. yeah and and it is great it's there really is a nice community of of people out there that you can find. Yeah, obviously there are the trolls and there are the people that are going to give you a hard time for anything. Or as my fella says, there are people that are professionally offended. And that's really true. (laughs) It's so true. Yeah. And uh, I I love it. He says it to me all the time when I go, why is someone commented like this on my post? And it, you know, it it really brings you back down to earth and think, yeah, some people do just make a living of it, but... um, I think you can find those right networks out there to really help you in your work, whether you are a freelancer or a full-time employer or whatever it might be. There, there are a great bunch of people out there who have been through what you are going through. Maybe not yeah. exactly the same experience, but they will be able to relate and they will either send you a well-timed GIF if <laughs> if, you, if you're on Twitter yes. or they will send you messages of support, give you ideas of ways to you know deal with an issue or situation. Yeah. And I, I must say the community out there online have been the best thing for my well-being since I left working for others where I was basically in a breakdown to now building to where I am now and feeling confident in myself and all that again that's just a, a so fantastic. heartening again
2: isn't it I just feel that sometimes you can it's you know it's sometimes I think we can feel very alone particularly if you are struggling with something and yeah. it's easy to feel lonely, but actually we need never feel lonely because when you when you do kind of reach out and often sometimes when they're feeling crap, we're least likely to, aren't we? We're more mm. likely to keep to ourselves and um, hunker down and what have you. But when you do kind of, you know, reach out and kind of say, oh, I'm struggling or, you know, I need, I need help or whatever it is, then I think you realise how many people are out there who are happy to help and actually you're mm. almost giving them an opportunity to feel good about themselves are not you by asking for help yeah so, Oh, people
1: love giving advice they really do right. so why not make the most of that and you know exactly. it's lovely that when the you community is so no and there's such a cross divide it's you know it's easy to sometimes end up just in a community of women but there are men in there and then there are parents there are people without children there are people from around the world which you know can give a whole different perspective again and we all have as tough a time as each other I think it's not it's not like it is just women that are struggling you know the amount of men in my twitter network and my linkedin network who are just fantastic and you know one messaged me yesterday after seeing the post about my grandma and just said i'm really struggling too let's have a chat and this is a blog that i vaguely know from on linkedin and
2: amazing
1: it's lovely it really is nice because even sometimes with your friends that you know from school from university whatever they are they might not necessarily know what you're going through whereas when you reach out to these bigger communities there will be someone that does Definitely,
2: and yeah. I think it's harder for men though, you know, because women, mm. generally we are better at getting our emotional well-being <laughs> needs met, you know, we will talk True. to each other generally, so of course it's a generalization, but, you know, uh, from the work that I do with a well-known um, national charity that supports people around, um, well, with a listening service and around suicidal thoughts and feelings, <laughs> I can't say the name because there's a non-disclosure in place, but from the work I do with that organisation, there, you know, we know that that men struggle more than women, yes. um, and yeah. largely because um, it's, you know, often difficult for um, for men to kind of say, "I'm struggling, I need some mm-hmm. help," um, or you know, just talking about emotional content for for all sorts of reasons. Yeah.
1: Now, and we need to normalise normal- that because it's it is a it's it's not right that they should have to struggle in silence. Nobody should have to struggle in silence. Right. And I, you know, I am heartened by some of these organisations that come out uh, that are appearing aimed at men. And you know, sometimes people, now. don't you, that comments comments saying, "Well, why is it just for men? And why is this one just for women? And why is it?" Yeah. Just let people have their little yes. safe zones. Whatever it is, yeah. everybody needs a little safety net somewhere. Yeah. And I, I, love the work they're doing. Um, yeah. particularly, you know, I've had a couple of friends who've lost brothers and things to suicide in the last few years and it yeah it, it is absolutely needed and like you say I do think they have a tougher time sometimes but then there's the other side of the coin where sometimes women can be penalized for being too emotional I think in the workplace and stuff and sure. that whole the thing I struggle with as a whole corporate robot you have to be this really shut down um certain way you know one size fits all culture I think when you work in corporate and working for other people um, and I think that was one thing that really made me struggle but now being at home which we thought I would really struggle with my when I said I was going to be working from home full-time my partner was just like oh no this is not not good not good at all because <laughs> I'm used to get cabin fever really bad but i have actually really taken to it because it gives me that headspace to deal with my emotions so you know, day to day, if I'm getting stressed with a client or upset about something or someone sent a funny comment or bad feedback, I can just deal with it however I need to. If I want to cry, if I want to go outside for 10 minutes, you know, I can go for a walk, I can down tools for an hour and nobody can say to me, what are you doing? Why? Yeah. It just gives you that space to actually process. And yes, there's, there's no coincidence that since I've worked for myself from home, I've only had two sick days in three years. Whereas when I was in an actual workplace open plan office, I ended up off sick for a week at a time with my mental well-being, my physical well-being, everything was really colliding together. And you just couldn't separate the two in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an incredible change. And I think this is something that the whole flexible working approach that's come in with the pandemic. And I know there was a previous podcast episode on that with Kim and Ashley. Um, that's making such a change because people realizing now, actually, this way of working is better for me and it's better for my family. And if I can work eight till 10 in the morning, then look after the kids for a couple of hours and then work at night. And it, as long as I get my work done, that's that's good. Brilliant. That's a fantastic progression that is making. Yeah flexibility Making. is good isn't it and i think as
2: long yeah. as you know the connection thing human beings we do need connection so i think if you are a solo mm. worker um it can be great kind of we know it can be amazing you can make it work for you you can fit it around whatever else is in your life um yeah but we do we do need humans need other humans even if we try not to as yes, <laughs> so if ever you yeah. try to be an island and just deal with stuff yourself we can't you know we are connected
1: we are literally connected um and and if people are you know looking for communities i mean there'll be all sorts out there for all different industries and things but you know start particularly if you're like a freelancer get involved in things like freelance heroes and being freelance they're two massive communities and people post in their regular anything from how do i deal with this nightmare client to what on earth is this tax thing I've just got or oh, where can I find out about such and such and yeah you know you'll get so many answers and someone yeah. will always answer your question and like I say, that's a great but then you've got things like Twitter chats as well that are out there that you know get on all these hashtag chats that are that are on and you get to know people through that um because you do have the regular people on there and you start to build a relationship with them yeah and you it's, know there been there's never been a better time
2: has there for... yeah the connection i mean if you think about the pandemic and everything if it had happened even 10 15 years ago would we have was the technology there would we have been able oh. to have the virtual kind of well it was yeah. thing? then it probably was 15 years ago wasn't it yeah but, i didn't know how
1: to use it back no then I, I still don't watching. use it i've got an account but
2: i just think i'm so busy with the other stuff with linkedin and everything else yeah. that i just think You know somewhere where people are just giving their opinions all the time it just feels a bit too overwhelming to be doing it all but i'm probably missing some of the benefits of of that as well it's
1: interesting you bring that up though because yeah i I was on a call recently and a lady that um is a therapist had said that she thinks our nation has now got ptsd after the pandemic and i think that's a really interesting point but like you say given if it was 10 years ago or even fifteen, we wouldn't have had all these connections, and and even things like my dad was in hospital a lot during the pandemic, and sadly he passed away in February. But if we if this had been years ago, we wouldn't have had WhatsApp video calls with him every day and been no. able to talk to because we weren't allowed to visit him. Um, but at least we could have that connection, which not only was it good for all being at home worrying about it, but for someone stuck in a hospital who couldn't have visitors, that's really sad. Was really really sad and heartbreaking yeah and but at least we had that last connection with him because yeah. like I say a long a few years ago we would not have had that certainly wouldn't have been able to work his mobile to do it anyway but yeah. <laughs> oh
2: I know time. I mean so we have in 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 so many ways with the you know it's been a rubbish yeah. 18 months hasn't it however it could have been a lot worse and I I, ha- yeah. I just have such a strong sense that everything's changing because of what's happened and everything i mean everything's a generalization obviously but most organizations and businesses and institutions and people are really kind of looking about at you know have we set everything up in the way that is working for us you know Mm. i think people have changed their values have changed organizations have realized that a lot of the work that they were doing wasn't good or it wasn't sustainable and and uh, you know, in a few years' time, I'm sure we'll look back and we'll just see how transformational it's all been for mm. the better. But at the moment, we're still we're still feeling our losses, and it's you know the, the social freedoms being clamped down on. It's <laughs> so tough for us, wasn't it? And hopefully now we're just we're just about yeah. there. So even if it's temporarily, <laughs> we've got to enjoy these freedoms. And
1: yeah, um, and I think it makes it you think most. about what helped you before like one big thing for me has always been traveling I love traveling my holidays and obviously I've not been able to do that for the last year and a half and that's again where you have to think right well now I need to replace this thing I had before with something else and we've we have done fantastically as a nation i think to adapt and to find ways of of dealing with it. I, the amount of people that have taken up outdoor swimming i'm absolutely loving that i used to do a lot of open water swimming and suddenly all these people are on the bandwagon with it and i'm like i need to get back into this and they've just found that yes they can't go away for the weekend they can't, but they can throw themselves in the sea and they can have a good time yeah and that's fantastic because they're also then building more networks as well of of meeting more people doing it's, this it's sport. meeting more
2: than one need isn't it it's fresh yeah. air it's um you know it's oxygenating their system it's kind of moving the lymph around their bodies it's social connection it's vitamin d
1: hopefully if you've yeah. got a day with a bit well, of yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah no amazing. No amazing yeah so we, we have adapted and i just hope now that A lot of this stays in place and that you know because a lot of people obviously kept talking about oh when we go back to xyz but i think because it's gone on so long there's that realization there isn't there that things cannot go back to how they were Mm -hmm. and let's embrace it and yeah hopefully that will help you know, when, it, when everything does lift properly fingers crossed we don't end up in another lockdown Um, but yeah it should help people to start moving forward and find new ways of working and, and i think the companies that go back to the old ways or try to are going to be the ones that suffer because they'll lose good members of staff who now have seen a different way of working
2: mm. and definitely well-being is more on the agenda now i think yeah because, because of what everything that's happened um we know that we've got to, we've got to be paying more attention to people's physical well-being with the long COVID and, you know, COVID still isn't gone. It's, it's, it's still around yeah. and goodness knows how long that that's going to be the case. But, but also, you know, the mental health, the, you know, with people who are, you know, isolation is one of the mm. highest risk factors for suicide. And, and a lot of people have, you know, experienced horrendous isolation. And so I do think that You know we know we've got this issue um i think it was somebody like an organization such as the royal college of psychiatrists who last year said that they were anticipating a tsunami of mental ill health kind of post-covid because people had not been able to get their appointments and what have you so i think more um more money is going to be put to well-being whether that's through governments whether that's through organizations or
1: Yeah, it's going to have to be. I mean, it was already a system that was flooded before, wasn't it? I mean, I know myself when I've tried to access help that to be told, oh, it's an 18-week waiting list, that's not good enough. That, you know, when people are really in the throes of despair, depression, anxiety, having panic attacks every day and, and... you know for them to say that that is just that next level of oh well I'm I'm not going to get the help I need and something does need to be done about that so I dread to think now what the waiting lists are going to be with obviously staff have been seconded elsewhere and yeah there's going to be a double the amount of people but this is where we need to look after each other as well yes. and I think these communities are key for yeah. for doing some of that obviously for those but especially for those that maybe live alone like you say that are isolated um it's really important that we do look look out for each other now and build those connections and if you see someone's behavior change yes reach out to them and you know and, but but there's also I know something we just were talking about yesterday was knowing the right thing to say mm. it's so hard to know the right thing to and say even
2: believing that there is a one right thing to say because yeah. I think that's probably you know that that there, there just isn't really is it there is no script anywhere a right script that you absolutely you know it no. depends on the person it depends on the situation and certainly in some of the training that i do for that well-known organization that i mentioned <laughs> earlier um we say that it's far less about what you say and so much more about the quality and the attentiveness of your ability to, to be with somebody and to listen. Yeah. And, um, you know, when we can, you know, really develop that skill of being present with another person who's struggling and park everything else and just give ourselves over in service mm-hmm. to kind of listening and, you know, understanding and appreciating what somebody else is experiencing then there's something about that quality of listening that gives the other person a different quality of thinking space in which to be able to you know download all of their thoughts and feelings but then to begin seeing better what they're dealing with and to begin thinking Mm. about maybe what their courses of action are So I think often we think we've got to come up with the solutions for people, but really all we need to do is to, you know, give ourselves over to the service of listening and that changes the quality of somebody's somebody's thinking and it gives Mm. them the space and the bandwidth to think clearly about what they want to do and how they can move forward. So, you know, we don't, we, we need to kind of probably stop thinking of, you know, we have to save somebody, you know, we have to rock up in Hmm. our, with our pants around our trousers and our capes on, superhero capes on. No, you just, you can be a superhero just by being present with somebody and really properly listening, kind of engaging from, you know, your heart really. Um, And sometimes just a hug.
1: Or just you oh know, just touch. God. Sometimes that's all someone needs, a touch. Yes. You know, when when I was having a rough time after my dad, one of my neighbours came round and just she just stood at the front door and she said you know I don't care I, I've got I've got yeah. to just give you a hug yes and yeah it was just when the they'd said within the news that we could hug again so oh wow okay it was just like you know and I was like gosh this is the first hug I've had in a long yeah. time it
2: felt inhumane you know? didn't it that directive you know yeah. you cannot hug oh. your loved ones so thank goodness for the time yes. being at least that that hugs are back on the, <laughs> the horizon yeah. but you know we do need to you know I would I I have to remember sometimes that I should never impose a hug on somebody because it's my instinct but you know you should check it out with people (laughs) first you know you know I you know I want to give you a hug can I give you a hug first yeah they might kind of say no
1: actually I don't want your hugs (laughs) I must admit I did joke a few months ago when they said about hugging again I said I need a badge that just says I want that cane on hugs in the first place you know I'll keep you distance (laughs) <laughs> but uh there's a time and a place where they are nice but um oh, yeah. yeah I'm not that tactile a person so yeah <laughs> It's touch isn't it like yeah, you were saying, everybody. The, uh, yeah.
2: The, the well-being benefits of touch I think when we talked earlier on about stroking our pets and things like that
1: oh the oxytocin release and all of those good that has been almost. a game changer for me getting the rabbits it really has and this is why they've become such a big part of my business actually um yeah. because just being able to go out and look at their face. They're so, the, the fluffiest, most diva little creatures you've ever seen. They really are. They've actually got their own castle and everything now. And just to go out and look at their face or look at whatever antics Strudel's up to, because they've got Tiffany Strudel. Um, she just puts a smile on my face every day and that really can't be underestimated of no. the power of pets actually yeah. it is a fantastic well-being tool I and just... even my neighbors come around and see them because they're just like oh i can't i can't not i need to see their face exactly. and, you know, so it's not just me getting the well-being it's the street <laughs> everyone
2: where would we have been without yeah. our furry friends throughout lockdown i uh, do think yeah. that they've kept us they've kept us sane and they've kept us well yeah, no, there's a really weird um fact and I can't quite remember it exactly. So do Google it and, you know, <laughs> you know, with any kind of statistics and things, I think you have to be a little bit aware, you know, just do your research. But it's something like um, if you own a cat and I don't know if it's the same with a rabbit, but it's probably some kind <laughs> of software thing. Um, people who own cats are something like two thirds less likely to get to die from heart disease. Oh well, something right, like that okay. so and I think it probably is just Caring the, for something. stroking yeah. something furry so your rabbits are probably the same
1: <laughs> apart from when they attack me then that's a whole different ball uh, game I look like i have yeah. a fight with Wolverine <laughs> oh gosh do they yeah, scratch but... like cats then yes yeah they can do so just as a final question then because hmm. this is something that you do see debated a bit and I have certain thoughts about it but this whole sentence of it's okay not to be okay.
2: Mm. What are your thoughts on that one? Oh, it's just a no-brainer, isn't it? There are going to be times in all of our life when we're not okay. By the very fact that we're human, there's going to be stuff that's going on in your life, whether it's your health, work, stresses, um, uh, you know, just at risk of repeating myself again, not every day is sunshine and roses. And, you know, there will be days when you are not okay so it's uh, and of course it's okay to it's not okay it's not only okay not to be okay it's also okay to admit that you are not okay and just to reach out and kind of say actually i'm struggling here and sometimes it might be just some practical help somebody can do something because you're stressed or it could Mm -hmm. just be um you know you're feeling you're feeling okay in it not okay in a different way but i think you know reaching out and connecting with somebody else whether that's Mm. even just over the phone or virtually if we're in a lockdown or something um it's just crucial because we need that connection and somehow when our energies connect with another human being's energies we feel less lonely we know that it's all going to be okay and just having that dialogue i think not feeling like you have to withdraw and isolate and keep those Mm. feelings to yourself um and you know what else are we here for if not to kind of be there for one another
1: yeah that's a lovely way of putting it actually
2: yeah so what are your thoughts on it Helen
1: well I absolutely agree with the sentiment it is okay not to be okay and like I say I I'm a big advocate of showing everything um but it's when again, it's used as tokenism by companies or trying to jump on the bandwagon that I just get a bit icky about it. Mm. Um, so yes, I love the sentiment, but I just want people to live the value all the time, not just when it suits or to throw it out at certain occasions. Um, yeah. Cause you know, it is a roller coaster. Especially I, I discovered this in freelancing. You can be amazing one minute and the next minute someone will bring you down. <laughs> you know, it is a real roller coaster of emotion. And you know, we've got we've got to be honest about that. And we we all experience it. So let let's make it okay. I'm not sure we're there yet, but let's make it okay, I think. Isn't and that sounds like me? a perfect place on which to wrap up.
2: What a yeah. great what a great final sentence that's a real um, <laughs> bit of golden nugget sound bite that is Helen
1: <laughs> oh good <laughs> fabulous right well, really well,
2: nice to really yeah. nice to chat these it's an important conversation
1: good. isn't it it is it really is and yeah let's let's keep building these lovely communities and supporting each other I think um it's fantastic but yeah it's been great talking to you today thank, thank you very much likewise I enjoyed it look after yourself <laughs> and look after you your loved ones <laughs> and yeah and all of you that are listening as well hope you're feeling great and have a lovely have a lovely summer
0: i loved this episode there was so much useful content in it uh, that the links page in the notes is enormous helen and team were just great and I know I'll be coming back to this episode again. Massive thanks to Helen and Martine for their time, and such brilliant conversation. Their contact details, links and reference information are all in the show notes. We're recording again soon, and we've still got plenty of topics that need to be covered. Please do get in touch if you would like to be a guest. As always, thank you for listening, and we'll see you again soon.